You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome inside the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I am your host, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios, getting ready to talk to you about everything Arizona State Sun Devils, from the football team to the basketball team to a little bit of everything else in between, we're going to be your number one source. As I alluded to, my name is Richie Bradshaw, graduate from Arizona State, class of 2020, focusing on journalism and all things sports-related. And uh, I am your co-host, Connor Drios, a uh, longtime admirer uh, of Arizona State football. Uh, I, I would say um, a, a fan of, like, a, a winning team, um, but that has not always been the case. Uh, we are here to stick through it, uh, through the, the good and the bad times as well. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter, at Cdrios, and you can find Richie Bradshaw. At RichieBrads36. Uh, but first, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about the Ultimate Season Preview. The NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. But tune in uh, to tune in beginning August 30th. So... We got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to introduce you guys to with this being a brand new podcast that we're getting ready to highlight. So as we already mentioned ourselves, give you a little bit of history about us. So I myself grew up born and bred to be a Sun Devil. It was only a matter of time before I went to the school myself and got my degree through them. But growing up in a household that focused entirely on ASU Sun Devils football, particularly. Your house wasn't like decorated with U of A stuff? Your parents didn't have that? No, 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 definitely not. In fact, uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my childhood bedroom colors were maroon and gold, and I had Arizona State pictures of the university and Sparky the Sun Devil all over the walls. You were at least taught to give like a lot of pity for the, the kitty, correct? No pity for the kitty. Ah, gotcha. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, 70 to 7, we're going to need to mention that more than a few times. That also reminds me, there apparently is some kind of billboard just past Casa Grande when you're heading south to uh, Tucson, you know, Northern Mexico Community College, where they're <laughs> located. Apparently there is a sign that just says 70 to 7, and they've had that up for however long. And apparently there's like some kind of GoFundMe for it. So I think I'm going to take a look at that because I would love to just forever be able to hold 70 to 7 over those terrible Wildcats heads. It should probably be like an electronic billboard, though, that's continuing to count. Because after like their last game played against Arizona State at the end of the 2020 season, they were outscored like 77 to 7 in their like last five plus quarters of game play. So it, it probably should just keep counting for the rest of this season as well. Oh, yeah, because we're going to run the score up on them, too. But anyways, uh, today we're going to be getting into a little bit of the Southern Utah game. 
uh, a little bit of our thoughts as far as what went right, what went wrong, uh, as well as what we can expect going into this next week's game against UNLV. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good and a lot of bad that we can pull from this game, but let's go ahead and start with the bad. We'll get that out of the way right now, and that way we can finish the podcast on a much higher note. So obviously, our Sun Devils looked pretty good for the most part against Southern Utah. There were definitely some hiccups and some lapses in judgment and play calling that need to be addressed and need to be fixed moving forward. Thankfully, they play UNLV this week, so they'll be able to get another easy matchup to correct those mistakes before we start getting into conference play and other big games that are coming up on the schedule. So the first thing that stands out to us, penalties. Absolutely unacceptable. This game brought me back to the glory days of Dennis Erickson football games where Sun Devils players were playing completely unhinged and there seemingly was not a lot of, what's the right word? Discipline. Discipline, thank you. Not a lot of discipline being called. For all our Sun Devil alum, you'll remember the grand days of Fontes Perfect and all the personal foul penalties that he would get. There weren't a lot of personal fouls in this game, but there was a lot of ticky-tacky calls that could have been easily corrected if we were in the right mindset. Sorry to interrupt. Do you know how many penalties there were in this game total? 13. And do you know how many of those were in the first half? I'll say 9. It was 11. 11 of 13. Goodness 11 gracious. penalties in the first half. So I, I it, it's a week one game. Right? I don't care who your opponent is, whether you're playing some big-name school or you're playing a Southern Utah, no offense to Southern Utah, uh, but it's a tune-up game. Right? It, it, it's unfortunate that you can have a week one game where going into it, you can say to yourself, hey, we expect to make mistakes. This is our first game. It's our first game in front of fans, mind you, in, in two seasons now. Um, things are going to happen. But at the same time, you come out of this game making the mistakes you kind of expected to happen and you hope to get them out of the way, and it still leaves a a bit of a bad taste in your mouth. It's not conference play, but at the same time, you kind of wanted to walk from this game, walk away from this game just absolutely dominating them, thinking we didn't necessarily have much to improve on, uh, which unfortunately is not the case by any means. Yeah, penalties are a part of the game, but you can't let it dictate the success of the game. So obviously in the second half, the Sun Devils were able to clamp down a little bit and not commit so many mind-numbingly bad penalties. There were there was a lot of roughing. There was a couple roughing the passer. I want to say there was some pass interference. There was plenty of holding calls. There was all sorts of stuff that was really holding this team back and neutralizing big plays that the offense was able to get or the defense was able to highlight. Um. One last thing we want to highlight in terms of the bad. Um, college kickers are, in fact, college kickers. Terrible. Uh, Logan Tyler, uh, Arizona State's kicker on the night, uh, had zero field goal attempts, uh, and he missed two of his five extra points. And, but to be honest, even though the, the first one that he missed within like 30 seconds of the game, uh, it got blocked. But watching that replay again, it probably would have missed regardless of it getting blocked. Not, not the great start that you want, as well as didn't he have uh, a kickoff attempt that uh, rolled out of bounds? Yep, very very first start of the game, kickoff went right out of bounds, and he did not look very good. We are far away from the days of Zane Gonzalez. 
Hopefully we can get that figured out quickly because special teams has always been something that the Sun Devils have prided themselves on. And right now they are not on the right track of the team's history. We're really hoping that they can get that figured out. A lot of what you've seen on the camp so far has kind of held true. Uh, and we'll get to, into some of that as far as the good as well in this game. Uh, the special teams ha- has kind of been something to watch in terms of what has not gone well. And we saw that in full effect uh, last Thursday night. Yeah, again, this is just something that needs to be cleaned up. Uh, the, the only other thing I really want to highlight before we go into our first break here is the injuries. Hopefully the injuries that we saw to Rashad White and Jaden Daniels are not going to be something that lingers on. Obviously both of them seem to be okay. As far as we could tell, it was just cramps for Jaden, which is definitely the big one that we need to highlight because this team is only going to go as far as Jaden Daniels can take them this year. And if Jaden's not on the field, I don't know if I trust the rest of the offense to continue functioning correctly. So with that, that was the bat of the game. Uh, next, we want to talk to you a little bit about uh, our next sponsor for Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Since when do you gamble and lose? It's ludicrous. But is it really that surprising to you? The game is rigged against you, and you're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have uh, more tools and more time. You really don't stand a chance. Uh, this is where Stat Hero comes into play. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control of uh, and winning within reach. And here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage, and Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time, and nobody else does that. But Stat Hero does. Uh, in terms of uh, daily fantasy sports, um, that is something I personally have not had much success in. But trying out Stat Hero, that gives me a little bit more success uh, in beating the odds. Uh, you are in total control, and Stat Hero is the DFS um, uh, way that it's meant to be played one on one. You can go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and do it right now. You can get three times back uh, on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of, except from Stat Hero. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. And we're back for Locked on Sun Devils. Once again, I'm your host, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios. Talked about the bad in the first segment. Now it's time to talk about the good. And I'll tell you what, there is a lot, a lot of good to look at with this game. Obviously, we wish the scoreboard was a little bigger and better than it was, but at the end of the day, ASU still hung up a really good score against a team that they were supposed to beat down, and they did a lot of good things right. First things first, that run game looks everything like what we hoped it would be. Chip Trianum and Rashad White each had two touchdowns. They each had massive runs that absolutely set the tone for what ASU wanted to do. Even Jaden Daniels had a good couple of runs as well. They racked up the numbers very quickly against a bad Southern Utah defense. Yeah, I mean, the defense was as advertised. Um, You had several, I want to say we had four turnovers as a whole. Uh, Darian Butler had two interceptions himself. Uh, I'm I'm trying to decide what was better between the run game and the defense. Um, uh, Similar to maybe some of the woes on special teams, um, 
this was meant to be a power run game with a stout defense. Uh, and again, that looked like it was as advertised. Um, and if you really don't believe it, look at the total pass attempts as well uh, for uh, the team. I, I want to say altogether we had 16 total pass attempts. 18. 18. Uh, e- even then, that's still not a lot. Uh, between your three running backs, so Rashad White, uh, Nagata, and then um, Chip, Chip Train, Train. I want to say they averaged like almost six yards per carry by themselves. Uh, and there were also no passing touchdowns the entire game. Um, so as long as you have the running back depth that they do, uh, it's not so much that they're just this juggernaut that can't be stopped, but uh, I, I really don't look at their schedule and worry about too many defenses that are going to be able to stop this running game. They, they just It's too much to account for with so many running backs. Yeah, and you got to take into account as well just how good that offensive line played together. You had several guys that were highlighted as potential all-conference players, and they all came to play. There, there were lanes four days for Trianum, for for White, for Nagata, for Daniels, whoever was running the football behind that line had a very good opportunity to break off a big run. Um, yeah, I want to say they held uh, Southern Utah to under eighteen, or sorry, eighty total rushing yards, uh, and that's without Jermaine Lowell, who they're not going to have for the entire season due to injury. Uh, but then Tyler Johnson was also kicked out for targeting early in the game as well. Uh, so while they may not have had a ton of sacks, I think they had two on the night, um, they did have quite a bit of pressure on every single snap uh, and were pretty darn stout against the run. Yeah, and the time-old tale of is it better to have pass rush or coverage is something that's going to be put to the test this year. ASU does have a solid pass rush, but they had a terrific secondary. And we saw that on full display last night. Not last night, excuse me, Thursday night. We were looking at linebacker Darian Butler making some plays, but the secondary looked really good too. Jack Jones was able to get involved, forcing a fumble, and who was our other guy with an interception? We had it was the defensive coordinator's kid. Yes, uh, Pierce. Pierce. Yes. So Pierce was able to make a really nice play on the football, and Chase Lucas looked solid. Jack Jones looked good. Evan Fields flashed a couple of times. The secondary that we were hoping would be a strength of the team looked exactly. As advertised. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you would hope that uh, uh, the strength was going to be in not only just the front seven, but kind of like you alluded to. Uh, it, it's just not going to be done on the defensive line this year. You, you hope they're going to be serviceable. You hope they're going to be good against the run. Uh, but if you were to try to pick any weakness in this defense, it's going to be that defensive line. So as long as they look uh, serviceable week in and week out, your linebackers as well as your DBs should just be uh, some of the best that you're going to get in, in the entire Pac-12. So I think once we get to conference play, uh, and you start to see these guys play in, in week in and week out uh, between Darian Butler and Merlin Robinson and or sorry Robertson and some of the other uh, DBs that you have between uh, Jack Jones and uh, uh, Chase Lucas. Chase Lucas. I, I mean, they are just going to be lights out. Um, and once you are able to control the clock like they're going to want to uh, and running the ball, even with uh, the running backs and Jaden Daniels, uh, I, I think they're going to be at least in a position to win a lot of these football games. Um, I just don't see the defense uh, breaking uh, against some of these better Pac-12 teams. So even if they do get into a situation uh, against some of the better offenses where uh, they're being pushed to the brink a little bit more, uh, I really do see uh, them being in control of most of these games. And even if they're uh, a little bit behind, I don't see them getting blown out due to the defense as well. Yeah, and the bright side, not only was that run game looking good, but the passing attack 
when they were using it, obviously when you have 18 pass attempts, you're not really relying on that as much. But when they were doing it, they were able to take some downfield shots that I was hoping for. Andre Johnson made a really good catch down the sidelines towards the start of the game. Tight end Curtis Hodges had a couple of big catches as well. And then, of course, Ricky Pearsall looks like the second coming of Julian Edelman. He can throw it. He can run it. He can catch it. He does it all. I'm excited about him. Pearsall is definitely someone that I want to make sure we highlight right now as a guy who could seriously be a do-it-all player for this offense, a gadgety kind of guy. I say Julian Edelman kidding, but at the same time, it's hard not to see a little bit of him. I would like to complain about the lack of passing attempts, but understanding that it was not necessarily needed in this game, considering they were leading for so long, and it's it's not going to be the identity of who this Arizona State Sun Devils team is. At the same time, Jaden Daniels only had two incomplete passes and averaged uh, 13.2 yards per count. Uh, so while I don't expect that to happen week in and week out, uh, Jaden Daniels is going to have to be able to pass when he needs to. Um, and as long as he continues to be efficient throughout the season, uh, and he doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball uh, 30, 40 times a game, uh, ultimately I, I think that's going to be the recipe for success. Uh, the more they can run the ball uh, and Jaden can just pass effectively when he has to, um, that's going to be the recipe of winning football games. Yeah, and that's been Jaden Daniels' bread and butter throughout his career. He has three three career interceptions. It might be four. I'm pretty sure it's only three career interceptions in however many games. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt. Last year, they only played four games, but freshman year, he threw 17 touchdowns and just two interceptions, completes north of 60% of his passes. Jaden is super safe with the football. I've highlighted before on Locked On Pac-12 with Cindy Robinson. Make sure you check that out for more than just Arizona State covers. They cover the whole Pac-12 South and the Pac-12 North, although we all know the South is better right now. But regardless, I've talked before about how I want to see Jaden Daniels take some more shots, and I was impressed with the opportunities that he gave himself. I want to see him continue to build off of that success. Throw some deep shots at Andre Johnson. That dude looked great against Southern Utah, and I want to see him continue to get the opportunities that he definitely deserves in this offense. So before we get into our last segment here and hand out some game balls for this week, uh, we're going to get into a couple more of our sponsors here, starting with Built Bar. BuiltBar.com might have the best protein bars on the market. They have nine delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's a little something for everyone. My favorite flavor, spoiler alert, is the peanut butter brownie. It, it, it's, it's like candy that just melts in your mouth. It's absolutely delicious. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can always get a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only is Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, Four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Remember, LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Go ahead, get yourself that raspberry, that mint brownie, that peanut butter chocolate, whatever it is. It's delicious. I promise you won't regret it. LOCKED15, BuiltBar.com. It is that time of year again. And all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and 
uh, college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Uh, make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. For new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook event. Promo code locked on. And we're back for our final segment of the first episode of Locked On Sun Devils. Brought to you by the Locked On Network, of course. So we talked about the bad, we talked about the good. Now I think it's time to wrap it all up. Hand out a couple of game balls, talk about the biggest takeaways from the game, and why should we, why we should be excited moving forward. So, talking about game balls, I'm going to start us off because I want to talk more about Ricky Pearsall and how impressed I was with everything that he was able to put together. He had a big old 29-yard completion, and he had a 26-yard run. He had a couple of big catches. Pearsall was just all over the field. He was their gadgety kind of guy that we've come accustomed to seeing throughout the tenure of the Arizona State Sun Devils the last 10 years during the Todd Graham era and now during the Herm Edwards era. We have seen all sorts of really fun offensive identities, and I think Pearsall is one of those guys that's going to be a staple in this offense. He can do a little bit of everything. Like I mentioned earlier, he's Julian Edelman light. Yeah, absolutely deserving of one of those game balls for sure. Um, something to, to watch for as the season goes along is who's going to be Jaden Daniels' go-to target. Um, curious on that uh, special play where um, he threw that 29-yard pass, uh, if that's something they're going to roll out uh, throughout the remainder of the season or at least give Pearsall more pass attempts. Uh, if not, it was kind of a waste to use that in your very first game, but we'll see how that looks as the game goes along. Um, another game ball, uh, definitely for Darian Butler. Uh, dude had two interceptions, five tackles, four of which were solo, and two passes defended. Uh, in terms of your defensive players, um, he was absolutely all over the place, and he stood out. Uh, in a, a defense where we expect uh, there to be several key uh, playmakers along the way, uh, Butler was the big star on Thursday night. Uh, I do remember one play in which he got flagged for where he made a tackle, I believe, a little too early. Uh, when you look at that one penalty versus everything else he did in the night, I think when they go back uh, and watch some of that game film, I, I think they can let that one slide. Butler definitely was the most outstanding player on the field on either side of the football in Thursday night against Southern Utah. Butler made a name of himself and was living all over the field and was just an absolute terror. He made good hits, made good plays on the ball, and he was a guy who really set the tone for this Sun Devils defense that a lot of us have very high expectations for. Now, the last guy we want to talk about is Rashad White. White did a little bit of everything. Obviously, he had two touchdowns on the ground. He had a catch for 11 yards. And we know from last year that White is a little bit of a threat as a returner. He had a 36-yard punt return. His only punt return on the night went 36 yards. And it ended up setting up the Sun Devils in very good position. 
I think that White is going to be one of the most important players for the whole team, not just on the offense, not just for the run game. I think that we're going to be looking at Rashad White's impact throughout the remainder of the season. Yeah, and with White being a senior going into uh, uh, in, into his last year, I'm curious if he is going to be uh, uh, potentially at the Senior Bowl for, uh, potentially later this year. Um, could be an interesting name to watch as uh, the draft rolls around as well. Uh, so those were our game balls uh, for this week. Uh, just to reiterate, that was going to be for Ricky Pearsall, Rashad White, and Darian Butler. Uh, we'll be looking to, uh, forward to doing those um, after every game as well this season. Um, so last part of the segment here, we're going to get into some of our takeaway points. Uh, we're going to reiterate uh, a little bit of what we had talked about already, uh, but I'll kick that off here. Uh, pun absolutely intended. Um, ultimately, those penalties need to get taken away, right? You're not going to have a game where you just have zero penalties. And in a game where uh, it is as subjective as football and or sports can be, um, it's going to happen, which is fine. And ideally, um, only having two penalties in the second half Hopefully that was a conversation that Herm had with the team. Um, they were able to dial in some of that discipline that hopefully they've been practicing uh, throughout some of their uh, practices as well. Uh, once we get into conference play, if they do expect to beat some of the big dogs, um, if they come away with 13 penalties, um, I, I kind of don't care what the box score looks like. Uh, I really would not expect Arizona State to come away with quite a few wins uh, if that's going to be the case going forward. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that defense looks as advertised. They're not going to be perfect. They're going to give up the big play every once in a while, and it, it's going to be there's going to there's going to be those frustrating lapses in coverage, and maybe the pass rush doesn't get home in time. It, it's not going to be perfect, but I'll tell you this much: it looks really, really good, and it looks like it could be the best in the Pac-12. And if that's the case, we could be talking about them as one of the best in all of college football. That defense looks really good. If the pass rush can get its act together to match with the, the with the pass coverage, we're looking at something special. And part of the reason the pass rush wasn't as alive as we hoped it would be was Tyler Johnson at an early exit for a targeting penalty. Tyler Johnson stays on that field for four quarters, and I think we've got an entirely different narrative going on. And of course, we can continue to cry about Jermaine Lowell missing the season, but the fact of the matter is the guys that we have right now should be able to put together a more than solid pass rush. Match that with the secondary. This defense looks great. Well, thank you for tuning in for our very first episode of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Uh, once again, I am your host, Connor Drios. You can find me on Twitter at CDrios. And I'm Richie Bradshaw. Find me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. You can again be listening to our podcast Monday through Friday. Uh, with all things Sun Devils football. Once basketball season rolls around, we'll get some content out there as well uh, for everything football and basketball related. Uh, Once again, thank you for listening to Locked on Sun Devils. We'll catch you later.